What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Out of Bounds with Dylan James. I am Dylan James, and on this special edition of Out of Bounds, we're talking about Conference Championship Weekend. We're going to be discussing what happened in the divisional round and also talking about the top five whiniest fan bases in the NFL. It's going to be a really good conversation starter, so feel free to hop in the comments. I see Karen is already doing so. Good afternoon to you as well, Karen. Well, good morning to me. I'm still in Central Time, so if you're out there on the Pacific um, or Mountain Time, you are in morning as well, so good morning to you. If you haven't done so, if you haven't seen the show yet before, feel free to share with your friends, share on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you're watching this podcast, feel free to share with your friends, and also join in on the conversation. Like I said, if you have some comments, we'll pop them on the screen here, discuss those comments comments about your favorite teams, about what's happening in the conference championship weekend. Let us know what what you think is going to happen, who is going to win this weekend and head to the Super Bowl in Arizona. We'd love to get your thoughts there. But before we get started with our conversation today, we have a very special guest joining us. He joins us every once in a while, and it's always a, a super uh, a treat whenever he joins us on the show. The former, the founder of JDF Sports, Kevin Fitzmaurice is joining us this afternoon. Kevin, how are you doing, sir? Uh, once again, thanks so much for joining us today on Out of Bounds. Dylan James, it is always a pleasure to be a part of your show. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I know that you and I always try to coordinate, and uh, it's always hit or miss sometimes, busy schedules and whatnot aligned. But uh, whenever we can connect, magic always happens. So happen. as people say, when you invite somebody over your house – and you show them the bedroom, you say this is where the magic happens. This truly is where the magic happens when Dylan and I connect. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Uh, the magic is always happening here on JDF Sports. And we have a lot to talk about. But first, before we get to all these games that happened last weekend, the games that are happening this weekend, because we have some great matchups this weekend, I want to get your thoughts on the season of the New England Patriots. We haven't really talked about it. But I want to hear what the uh, giant Patriots fan thinks about what happened this year in uh, New England. So, um, okay. Uh, it was definitely a letdown. Um, there was a lot of tough moments. There was some bright spots, some good takeaways. I just want to shout out the biggest takeaway of the whole season, positive. It's my boy, Matt Judon. Guy is an absolute wrecking ball on defense. Yes, he is. Uh, it was just an absolute menace. He's a cornerstone. Uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Bryant in the secondary, who also lined up in offense and special teams. Jonathan Jones played really well. We had some good linebackers. All around, the defense played really well, right? And the defense plays really well because you have defensive-minded coaches. But there was not a single offensive-minded coach in that whole system uh, the offense was absolutely abysmal and so frustrating. I don't want to put all the blame on Mac Jones, and I see a lot of people that go out for hate for Mac Jones. Listen, I'm not sold on the guy, but I have yet to see him in a situation where it is entirely his fault. He's made a lot of stupid decisions. His frustrations get in the way big time, uh, but he was not put into position to be successful because you have defensive-minded coaches. Matt Patricia of the Detroit Lions never got an offense going. They were bailed out by, by Matthew Stafford. They couldn't keep pieces around. Nobody liked playing with, with um, from Matt Patricia. He got sent out. He got fired. He came back to New England. Oh, great. We have a great defensive coordinator. Nope, he's going to call plays. Along with Joe Judge, who just uh, destroyed the New York Giants for a season, with one of the worst offenses we've seen on paper. 
So uh, no offensive minded coaches in the building besides Bill. And uh, they really struggled. So I'm very, very happy to see the hiring of Bill O'Brien. I see Sean Matillo's, uh, my boy, Sean, shout out Sean. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Off the dome. I, I do want to shout out Sean. He just put a tweet out and Cameron Jordan of the New Orleans Saints tweeted back at him. So oh, really, look at really that. Cool. Yeah. Look at that. Off the dome. Um, yeah. Off the dome with Sean Militello. Uh, but I would rate the Bill O'Brien hire as a 10. Offensive minded coaches had success in the NFL, has had great success at Alabama. We had a cup of coffee with Mac Jones. They got to play together for a little bit. So really, really exciting there. Uh, it was just, it was tough to watch. Uh, the biggest thing, Dylan, if you had to put it into an image is that end of that Raiders game. That was the Patriots offense in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, and also with, with Bill O'Brien too, going to Alabama, going under Nick Saban for a little while, having a little assistant role, like we see so many coaches do, and then they're successful as head coaches um, in college and also coordinators in the NFL. I think he kind of grounded himself a little bit back to the roots of what he's successful at, going back to a place that he started at, and I think Bill Bryan's going to do some good things for the Patriots offense this year. Um, better than the Texans. As long as you don't give him the keys to the general manager position, I think you're all set um, when it comes to Bill O'Brien. Matt is chiming in saying, you stand. It's my boss. Oh. <laughs> so uh, he, he just got a standing desk at work, and I bought myself a standing desk. It goes on top of a desk, but it helps you stand. And nice. uh, him and I, were all gung-ho, getting healthy, doing better. So uh, I'm actually sitting, Matt. I didn't get my new desk yet. Um, for everyone that knows me, as who's been on JDF, this is obviously not how I normally do stuff, but I, uh, I'm in my girlfriend's room right now uh, while we're doing a big move and a big switch around. Uh, soon enough, I'll have my own station and uh, I'll be back to uh, to kind of my own space with a good setup there. But uh, no, Matt, I, I'm sitting. Sitting um, today. But yeah, the Bill O'Brien hire, very, very excited about that. I think that's a, a big domino. A lot of people are like, we need offensive weapons. We need this. We need that. We need someone that's going to help Mac Jones to develop. And I think that was the biggest thing is he was never put in a position to be successful. Yeah. And the only reason why Bailey Zappi came in and was successful is because there's no tape on him. There's <clears> no way to study him. He, he came in, he did what he did. He, he was confident. He did a great job. I would love to see more of Bailey Zappi. I'd love to see if he's the guy versus Mac Jones, but I'm not ready to mic Mac Jones off yet till I see a little bit more. Sean says Michael Thomas can help Mac Jones. Sean wants Mac Jones in new Orleans. And he wants to give us Michael Thomas. Interesting. Well, at that point, Sean, then Mac Jones can't uh, can't be with Michael Thomas to where Michael Thomas can help Mac Jones. That's the yeah. case. So, um, but with Mac Jones, I think also another thing too that we kind of forgot about as well is kind of happened earlier in the season. Mac Jones is high ankle sprain. That kind of derailed things for that offense as well, especially him, his development in his second year in the league. That wasn't something that helped the case there in New England as well. So I think that once he comes back and he's actually fully healthy next year and having an offensive mind and coach in Bill O'Brien, I think that will help tremendously. Um, but that, that injury definitely hindered him a bit more than I think that he was letting on. Well, he, uh, if you look at his stats, I'm comparing his, his rookie season, which he made a pro bowl, uh, to a season right now, he threw, um, he threw 521 attempts in 2021. He only threw 442. Now, I understand he missed three games of the season. Um, but still, you know, that's a big hindrance. His completion percentage went down. His yards obviously went down tremendously. His touchdowns, um, definitely not on par, but his in interceptions. I mean, he was consistent across the boards um, as far as to what he did the year before and what he did this year. He was uh, 
you know, considered for the uh, offensive rookie of the year in 2021. And uh, he made a Pro Bowl. So, you know, he had some pretty good accolades on a pretty struggling team. Uh, he was consistent. I'd love to see what he can do with an actual offensive coordinator that knows the system, knows what was comfortable for him at Alabama, and can come in here and, and, and you know, one of the biggest things, Dylan, too, uh, Kendrick Bourne. I feel, in my heart of hearts, that Kendrick Bourne, outside of Jacoby Myers, the most talented wide receiver that we have, and he rarely stepped in the field because of some off-season thing that him and Matt Patricia had where he missed meetings, and he never seemed to, qu to quite get it. And uh, when you watch the NBA and you watch some of these other sports and hockey, guys get into rhythms. And it's really hard to get guys into rhythms when they're not in the playing field, when they're not getting used in the offense. And uh, we would see Kendrick Bourne come in and actually make some pretty big splash plays. But they they never used him. They were love-throwing deep to Nelson Aguilar. You know, Jacoby Myers is obviously the most talented wide receiver on the roster. They managed to get him involved, which was great. Uh, but all these people are saying, oh, we need a weapon. We need a weapon. Yeah, we do. But our weapons are Johnny Smith, who hasn't panned out, who was fantastic for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, it's Hunter Henry, who was a top 10 wide receiver, uh, a tight end for the uh, L.A. Chargers. Absolutely. It's, you know, it, it's, it's not using Kendrick Bourne. It's forcing the ball to Nelson Aguilar, who has a massive price tag attached to him. It's, you know, trying to get Jacoby Myers into some situations where he's coming across the middle and he's getting dinged up and hit. It's it's just the offensive scheme was just so bad. Yeah. Sean's chiming in saying, um, I don't want Mac Jones anymore. He can stay in New England. So he wants Bailey what, Zappi. So what's, oh, you want Bailey Zappi then, Sean? If, that, if that's the case, I mean, do you want a one for one, Michael Thomas for Bailey Zappi? Is that what's going on here? I mean, that, that, that sounds pretty even to me. I mean, he, look at Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi played great. Um, William is chiming in on in the comments saying, hey. What's up, William Keck? Mr. Fitz here. Sean also says, who's the guy moving forward at running back, Damian Harris or Stevenson or both? I think Damian Harris gets moved on. Um, although I'd love to see Harris and Stevenson. I think Steven has, Stevenson's the future uh, because of his pass catching abilities. He's kind of like a Damian Harris and a James White fused together. He's He's got pretty good hands and uh, he's, you know, a tough power runner. I think he definitely looks like the future. Um, I'd love to see Damian Harris stay, but I also liked what I saw to Kevin Harris. I'd love to see them get uh, Pierre Strong involved a little bit more. And uh, that's what the Patriots do. They recycle running backs and then they go to other teams. They don't do much. So um, I think Stevenson is definitely the future. I think he's a really good bang for your buck uh, out of Oklahoma. And uh, he was a ton of fun to watch this year. Yeah, he killed it this year. Um, William said Mac Jones isn't good. See, that's Dylan, what's your thoughts on Mac Jones? Uh, coming in, I mean, it's an Alabama quarterback. First of all, uh, that that's usually the mindset I have for anybody from Alabama is that I don't really have high hopes for them coming into the NFL because I know what the track record is of Alabama quarterbacks. Alabama running backs, on the other hand, are a completely different story, as you see, a la Derrick Henry. But with quarterbacks, I, I don't really expect much from them, them in the NFL. Um, Mac Jones coming in, to me, people were having the comparison of Tom Brady and it just, I, I never saw it. Um, he had a good year last year. Like I said, I think that you were talking about Bailey Zappi not having tape. That's kind of what happened in this scenario too with, with Mac Jones, I believe. I think that that made it to where he had a good season. Um, the next year, again, no offensive-minded coach in the staff. He got that high ankle sprain um, because he was just doing trying to do too much back in the pocket because he just wasn't having any help offensively. But I, I still think that he can be a 
serviceable quarterback. And we've seen before in certain scenarios where a serviceable quarterback can be a good thing. It can lead to success still. I mean, Jimmy G in San Francisco, which he was there in New England, and the whole fiasco between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady happened. You lose out on Jimmy G just a Two seasons later, three seasons later, you lose on Tom Brady, too. Um, I, I think you can have a serviceable quarterback like a Mac Jones who can make throws every once in a while and just lean on the running game a bit more as well. And that's something, too, that you really haven't seen with the New England Patriots offense before is having a solid one at, as running back, like a guy that you can actually depend on to run the ball because Tom Brady just threw it around the football field the entire time. You really didn't rely on a run game at all. Um, but with Ramondre Stevenson, the way he played last year, you actually have that. You have a balanced offense now in New England, and I think it can be successful. I'm not saying Mac Jones is a top 10, top fringe top 15 maybe, fringe, um, until he proves, me, proves otherwise. I think he's going to be just a fringe top 15 quarterback. Yeah, and, and I you know I agree with uh, with that statement. I think that we haven't seen Mac Jones take over a game. We haven't seen that X factor. We haven't seen him be the reason that, that they're winning a game. Um, could you implement a, a running scheme with Harris and with Stevenson where Mac can have success and kind of like what Shanahan does? I mean, look at Brock Purdy. Do we really know if Brock Purdy is good or not? Or is it just the Shanahan magic system that you can insert me at the quarterback and I'm actually going to have success because they're so focused on this, this power run scheme. We, we don't actually know. And if Bill Belichick can get something going, whatever you have to do, if Mac Jones is the guy, whatever you have to do to show him success, do it. If that means he's going to throw for three, you know, 3,800 yards and 22 touchdowns, then that's what it means. As long as we win some football games and, you know, we beat some people up, we have a defense that obviously we led the league in turnovers. We have a good run game. We just need to get the quarterback going. And I, I think that that comes with a system where you could power run and get some, you know, some, uh, some play action passes that the play calling this year was just absolutely abysmal for anyone that watched the Patriots game. And, and I got to say too, I just want to shout this out that uh, Bill Belichick needs to take a lot of blame here. He put that coaching staff together and yep. uh, I don't think that he's off the hook. I no. think that uh, that Bill Belichick and, and he's, you know, he's taken some heat too, but uh, he put this staff together. He went into the system, you know, in the season with this system and uh, it didn't work out. And I think that people need to start looking at Bill Belichick. Uh, our buddy Fonz DeFalco um, over from Review and Preview. I, uh, we had a joke when he came to visit. We went to a Patriots game this year and he said that uh, Bill Belichick is on the coldest seat in the NFL. And uh, I think his seat heated up a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, especially having Matt Patricia be there at first, not naming an offensive coordinator to begin with, but then you kind of comes out that he's going to be called Matt Patricia's going to be calling plays for the team. It just it was a really weird scenario at the beginning of the season, um, and it's it's something that they needed to address. They addressed it. Let's see if it gets fixed. That's addressed it immediately too, so yeah. you know it was some sort of big issue. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to get to Kelly's comment because she had said it just a little bit ago. Gronk told me Brady might be going to Tennessee. Now, of the two quarterbacks that are out there, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I do see a more likely scenario that Tom Brady goes to Tennessee compared to Aaron Rodgers because of everything you'd have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers and the money you spend. And Mike Vrabel as well. The connection for Mike Vrabel. Um, I don't know. I, I, I still don't see it actually happening I still see Ryan Tannehill being the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans next year I think they can do good things with Ryan Tannehill in that system 
as long as you have a, a competent offensive coordinator, which Todd Downing was not one, as long as you have an offensive uh, offensive coordinator who's competent and also have weapons around him that Rand Carthon, your new general manager, can get you in the draft and free agency as well, I think that you're going to see a lot of Ryan Tannehill next year um, until they figure out who's going to be the successor to this to this system because Malik Willis right now is not the successor. He's a project quarterback, which that's the reason why they spent a third round draft pick on him in the first place. He's not he's not a quarterback you're just going to slot in in his second year and expect for him to be the starter. There's a reason why Josh Jobs was picked up from the Detroit Lions practice squad and started two games to end the season. It's because Malik Willis is just not the guy yet. He can be if he he's given the right weapons. If if he if they can build a system kind of like San Francisco, where you just slot in any quarterback then Malik Willis could potentially be that guy, potentially. But you have to build the roster around him. And right now, they're they're in a win-now mode, really. I mean, Derrick Henry's still there. He only has a few more years left uh, of good football, maybe maybe two, maybe three, um, depending on how well he, he stays healthy. But um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, I don't think Tom Brady's going to come to Tennessee. I, th- I think that's, um, I think you probably would see him maybe in like Oakland, not Oakland, but Vegas, um, with the Raiders. That could be a really good landing spot for him with Devontae Adams being there, Jake, Josh Jacobs potentially still being there if he Josh actually... Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Josh McDaniels too, having that system, having that familiarity from New England. So I think that's probably the most likely spot for him. But what do you think about that, Kevin? Uh, I think that Brady is going to make a... a very long decision. I think we're going to be waiting a little bit for him. And I think at the end of the day, um, he is going to end up retiring. Okay. I think we might've seen our last bit of Tom Brady this year. Um, you know, I know that he obviously went through the divorce and I know that the season ended kind of not the way he wanted it to. The Buccaneers kind of fell apart, but at this point, uh, he'd have to learn a whole new system and do this all over again at, at 45. Um, he always said he wanted to play till he was 45. He's already considered the goat. He's already broken a bunch of records. I, I, I don't think there's much left for Brady to prove. If he's got some sort of chip on his shoulder, I could see a Miami situation. Uh, I definitely could see a Tennessee, and I could definitely see a Las Vegas Raiders. And I could all see him resign him with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but I, I think ultimately Brady's going to walk away. With Todd Bowles, you think that that do you think he do you think he believes that with Todd Bowles being the head coach, they can actually win a championship there in Tampa? I think they could. And I, I think they could because Brady just needs to call his own place and, and let Todd Bowles just run the defense and kind of have like Brady be Manning. like a player's coach. Yeah. Yep. Just let, you know, Todd Bowles run the defense and then um, Brady goes out there and takes care of the offense and runs a no huddle all the time. And, you know, he, he knows almost knows just as much as everyone else knows how to, how to call an audible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if they were to make it work in Tampa Bay, that's how I could see it. But it's just tough for me at 45 that uh, he's going to go somewhere. Obviously, they would make the system so accommodating to him and let him do what he wants. But like, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, he knows the system. Mike Vrabel has a lot of Patriots stuff built into that and kind of some of the things that they've done before. Um, I don't think that Miami would really – I think the only way he'd go to Miami is if he's really focusing on his future and trying to build that brand and they're willing to bypass Tua. Yeah, absolutely. And Tua right now, he's still in concussion protocol – um, going into he the should Pro never Bowl. play again. I, at this point, if he's still in concussion protocol, when's the last time he played? Three a weeks month ago? ago. Yeah, about a month ago. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's that's a tough situation in Miami. 
to navigate those waters and for Tua to be the one to make that decision on his own to say, can I actually still play? Can I actually still go out there and put myself at risk for having at least two concussions, if not three, which I mean, the first time he got hit, I think that was a concussion. And then the second time he got hit when he actually got taken out of the game, I think that was, uh, that was his second. And then the third one came out later that, that in the season, but having three concussions like that and impactful concussions, like it's not the concussions where you see it happen and then he just gets up and he's fine. He was wobbling the first game. And then the second game he did the hand thing. And then the third game, I mean, they just said, you got to get out. Like (laughs) we we can't keep doing this to you. Uh, I'll tell you what, Dylan, this is the perfect situation for Tua because you're going to, you ride off into the sunset with that. What if could Tua have been a good quarterback, right? No one's going to write him off as a buster that he sucks. He walks away based on concussions. He had a good season. So people are always going to say Tua could have been great. You know, Tua could have been one of the great ones. Right. And he's, he already had a phenomenal college career that he's going to get recognized for the gridiron for the rest of his life, what he did at Alabama. So I think it's a perfect situation. I wouldn't blame the kid if he walked away. And if he comes back, I hope that he's he's safe and uh, he does what he needs to do because, uh, I mean, just a lot of things that we've seen this year, it, it's a lot bigger than football. Yeah. And Tua could be like the first bubble boy in the NFL. If that's There we I go. Mean, we could just create a new uniform for Tua to be just – like the Michelin man out there, potentially. I mean, that, that would be great. I think, I mean, he could still get the ball on the field to Tyreek Hill in, in a, yeah, of course. a Michelin man costume. I think it'd be fun. Of course. Um, Sean is saying he doesn't want Zappy. Uh, he wants him to stay in New England. Give me Justin Fields or Trey Lance and maybe Derek Carr. So all those quarterbacks are up for grabs, especially the big report this week from Chicago saying that Justin Fields is potentially going to get traded so they can land Bryce Young in the draft. At number one. What do you think about that scenario? Uh, I like Justin Fields a lot. Um, I think that if you were to build a system like they have around Jalen Hurts, I think Justin Fields could be very successful. Um, He's not as big as Jalen Hurts, but he's very shifty. He's very agile. We also saw him rip off all those big runs. Um, And I think that he could pass the ball. I think if you were to go to a team that like Tampa Bay, you lose Tom Brady, you bring in Justin Fields, and then you build that system around him, and you use Rashad White, Leonard Fournette, and you find a way to get that that power run system. I think you'll be you'll, you'll be in a really good spot. Um, uh, I if I was the Chicago Bears, I'd roll with Justin Fields, but that's it's a new brass. They didn't draft him, so you got to bring him in. Trey Lance, uh, I don't know if Trey Lance got it. We've barely seen him play at all, so uh, I'm excited to see him actually get on a field and and play a full season. Who knows what he's capable of? And I think Derek Carr still got it. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think he finally has it. Yeah, I think, and I think with the Raiders, they just took so long to give him the pieces he needed to develop him into a, a starting quarterback that can be reliable week in and week out. So, I mean, last year they played really well, beat the Chargers by the skin of their teeth from a field goal that shouldn't have happened. It should have ended in a tie to see both those teams get in the playoffs and the Pittsburgh Steelers sit at home, but obviously um, that didn't happen. But, I mean, the Raiders played really well last year before Devontae Adams got there. And then this year they just couldn't put it together. I think Josh McDaniels can shoulder some of that, most of that blame anyway, um, when it comes to how the team was was constructed, how the team ran, because the offense was just not it. And the I mean they were they were in games, they stayed in games, um, but they were just some several decisions that Josh McDaniels made as a head coach that uh, um, 
didn't look good for him, especially after being in Denver, having that play out the way it did, going to New England, being this you know highly touted offensive coordinator, going to be head coach again, let's give him another chance, and then he goes to the Raiders and does what he did this year. Uh, just was not a good scenario for Josh McDaniels, which again feeds into the whole conversation of bring Tom Brady there, make him look successful as a head coach, make him be better for this team, have one year with Tom Brady, um, and then move forward that way um, to build the brand up a little bit more because the Raiders, I'm, I'm sure Raiders fans out there are just dejected from what they saw this year. With all the promise they had last year, oh yeah, we got Josh McDaniels, and then they did that. Didn't look very good for him. Um, Sean is saying, what's your overall rookie grade for Cole Strange? Was the pick still strange or did it turn out to be good? Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of good things out of Cole Strange this year. Uh, do I think the pick was good? I never will until he's like an all-pro, you know, perennial guard. But um, he didn't play bad. He played pretty well for a uh, for an offensive lineman. So, I mean, I'm happy with the pick. Could we have gotten him later? Who knows? Uh, there, you know, we, a lot of people like to say it was a bad pick. A lot of people like to argue they, they rushed it. There's that whole, the Sean McVay was laughing because he thought that he was going to fall to him in the third or the fourth bill jumped from the first. I'm always a big advocate. Go get the guy you want. If there's a guy that you're absolutely in love with, you think he's going to be good, go get it. And uh, I thought Cole Strange did pretty well this year. I thought our offensive line as a whole uh, need to figure out the tackle situation with Trent Brown and uh, Isaiah Wynn. Um, I'm not a fan of either of them. I love Trent Brown, but just way too many penalties this year. So um, I, I like the Cole Strange pick. we got a lot of comments to go through, so we'll kind Perfect. of go through these pretty quickly. Nicholas is chiming in on the comments saying, you never look more beautiful. My boy, Slats. Um, Sean is chiming in saying, isn't he stunning? Oh, William stop. says here, um, you can't win the big game. He's talking about when we were talking about Tannehill earlier. Yes, you can. Absolutely. You can't win you the can. big game in this era being a serviceable quarterback. But let me tell you, let me tell you somebody who's sitting on the couch this weekend watching the conference championship game. Josh Allen. Josh Allen Justin was Herbert. supposed to be. Well, Justin Herbert as well. But Josh Allen being what? In his fifth year, sixth year? Yep. In the league. He, this was supposed to be the guy. This was supposed yep. to be the team. This was supposed to be the team to get to the Super Bowl and have the best shot of winning the Super Bowl in the AFC this year. But where is he at right now? He's at home. He's sitting yep. on the couch. So do you call him a serviceable quarterback? Because obviously with a, a a quarterback that's supposed to be your franchise guy, like the quarterback, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, he's sitting on the couch. So you can have a serviceable quarterback. And Brock Purdy's in the a NFC Championship game. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he has a really good shot of being the first rookie quarterback to make it to the Super Bowl. And three years ago, Jimmy Garoppolo was in a Super Bowl, lost mm -hmm. to the Kansas City Chiefs, but still made it to the big game. Uh, that but The year before that, Jared Goff for the LA Rams, serviceable quarterback. He made it to the big game. Uh, Nick Foles, the year before that, won definition serviceable quarterback, yep. went and won a Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I got I to gotta disagree with you there, my friend. Yeah. Um, you know, Baltimore, San Francisco, Joe Flacco. I mean, he's Joe cool, but, uh, you know, he's not, he didn't go down as one of the legends. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that you can be a serviceable quarterback with a, with a good run scheme. Yeah, good absolutely. Defense. Kelly is, um, popping in too, saying Mac Jones as well was slam pass. And when he gets rid of the ball fast, it shows it's the O line. That's the issue there. Um, William says piggybacking off fits all them players. He listed that were good in other organizations that didn't pan out last year is the result that Mac is bad. 
Um, Sean says, Mac needs playmakers. Simple as that. Those playmakers need to be able to make plays in space. William also says, Brady going to Miami. That's where his kids are at. And that there was, there was a video of him touring um, new schools and such for his kids in Miami because he has a condo down there now. I mean, you, you can do what you will with that information. I mean, we've seen those kind of things happen. Aaron Rodgers, he bought land in Franklin, Tennessee last year. Everybody thought he was coming to the Titans. And obviously that didn't happen. So, I mean, you can make your own assumptions of all this information that's coming out. But um, it's all about, for him, it's about fit. And it's about if he can actually win and win big wherever he goes and win the championship. Like, he wants to win another Super Bowl. That's the reason why he said F them kids and left. I think I lost you, Dylan. Um, but just while Dylan gets his microphone up, William, uh, I, I think that Brady going to Miami, I think that'd be a situation where Brady's going to Miami to retire. I don't think he's going to go down there and play football. No, I don't think so either. I think it's a retirement, a retirement home for him. Um, Sean says... Malik Willis is a beast on Madden, by the way, Dylan. I kill people with the Titans online, which <laughs> the Titans on Madden are great. They're really good. And Malik Willis also, they they rated him a lot higher than he probably should be in the game right now. But yeah, I mean, Malik Willis can be good if you get pieces around him, if you develop him well, um, if he has the right offensive coordinator to help him develop, then I think that he can be a good quarterback. It's just a matter of time. He's a project quarterback for a reason. He, he's He wasn't drafted to be day one starter and and the titans knew that wesley says good afternoon fellas well wesley wesley um sean the titans and lamar jacks pair with deandre hopkins instant super bowl favorite in my opinion out of the afc and that's saying a lot deandre hopkins yes bring him in that's fine because he has a connection with with john robin he has a connection not john robinson with mike vrabel um they have a good relationship from the houston texans time they were together lamar jackson to me RG3 2.0. Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry, though? Which one are you going to tackle first? Yeah, but I, I don't want to rely... We don't, we don't need to rely on a run game. Because Lamar Jackson's not going to be the guy you need him to be when he has to make the big pass. He's not going to win the game with his arm. He's going to win the game with his legs. And once his legs are, you know, taken off, like they've been the past two years where he's missed, you know multiple games because of injuries to his legs, then uh, yeah, that's just not, I don't think it's a good fit. His knee's still unstable too, he said. So, um, let's see. Nicholas has one day contract with the Pats. Talking about... Retiring. I'd love oh, it. Oh, with Tom Brady. With Tom Brady, yes, yes. I'd love it. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. Because, I mean, he spent forever there. So. Yep. Why not? Um, Sean says, you aren't winning a Super Bowl with Todd Bowles. I'm sorry. I mean, Steve, Kevin, thinks, I mean <laughs> Kevin thinks you can. <laughs> I, I think you could if you just let Brady run the plays. But again, I, I like Todd Bowles a lot. Another guy, we were talking about Peyton Manning earlier, calling his own plays when he was in Indianapolis. His last, one of his, I think it was his last season or last two seasons he was there. Who was the head coach of that team? Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, Was he yes. actually doing anything there? No. He was a puppet on the sideline to let Peyton Manning call his own plays. So Todd Downing, if, if Todd Downing relinquished his play calling abilities, relinquished his, his, his decision making on the sideline and gave it to Tom Brady, then I think you can. But it's not going to be because of Todd Bowles. It's going to be with no. Todd Bowles on 
the the, the team on the sideline, but it's running the defense. Todd Bowles. Yeah, exactly. Run the defense. It's fine. Run the defense. Um, Sean says Bruce Arian should have never stepped or was forced down. He was forced. Forced to step down. Yeah, I, th- I think that was the case too. Um, Sean, I love Tua, but if the Dolphins was smart, they would move on. Unfortunately, Kelly says I fear for Tua and the concussions. I think a lot of people do. I think I think Tua should more as well. I mean, we haven't heard from Tua since the season ended, but I hope he worries about the concussions as much as we do. Yes. Because he should. Um, William says Dolphins wouldn't have this issue if the draft eh. Herbert. It helps when you have Rashawn Slater. Yeah, it does. I mean, they did bring in Teron Armstead for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's, yeah. I don't, I don't I, is Tua more susceptible to concussions than Herbert? I don't know. I mean, Justin Herbert might have better decision-making at this point. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, Sean says would be extremely smart move by Chicago. I think he's talking about trading Justin Fields and getting Bryce Young in that situation. That's um, another Alabama quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Wes said Tua can pave the way for what the NFL is aiming for, and oh, that I is no that. touching the quarterback at all. <laughs> I hate that. I mean, he's You he's really can't. There. Like, what are these guys supposed to do? Nick Boza a couple, uh, two weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and also, ago? I mean, Nick Bosa was getting held quite a bit um, in that game against the Jaguars on the offensive line and was just not getting the calls at all. Nope. Not but the then he tackles Trevor Lawrence and then goes to roll off of him and he lands him, you know, and then he gets called for it. It's, it's ridiculous. It really yeah. is. Only thing he was missing was the pillow. Yep. Um, Sean says to William, this is true, talking about the Dolphins um, and Herbert. William also says Bears aren't training fields. If Ryan Poles gets out of a jail card, not his draftee. Um, Wes says the Colts need to trade next year's first round pick and Kenny Moore for fields then draft a tackle with the fourth pick this year also go a different direction for a head coach yes not jeff saturday <laughs> yes anybody yes. but jeff saturday yes but again jeff saturday had a second interview this past week did you hear that intense eye roll dylan uh, oh you know what the thing is as, t- as a titan you fan, love it do it yeah. do it hire him tomorrow <laughs> just do it get it over with let's get jeff saturday for a 20 a, a year contract lock him in because he needs to be the head coach of the, the Indianapolis That should Colts say enough right there. Forever. Forever. Um, William says, draft correctly the next few years, buy him time with the organization to get a quarterback next if Fields doesn't pan out. So he's kind of all in for I the think Fields Colts could pan. Fields. I like Fields a lot. I'm a big Fields fan. Yeah. Yeah, Fields is, Fields is a good quarterback. I mean, he, he can be. I, th- I think that, again, if you build a system around him, kind of like you did with Justin Herbert and the Philadelphia Eagles organization, then he can be a successful quarterback in the league for sure. Um, the, only I just got to say this. I'm sorry. The yeah. quarterback position is evolving, and people need to start realizing there's different styles of quarterback play, and there's a lot of people that flack Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, you know, the, the Malik Willis styles, the um, who are some other mobile quarterbacks that I just for some reason can't think off the top of my head. I mean, Patrick Jalen Hurts, an alien. He's he's both. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's both. Josh Allen is both. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks and they all play different styles. But if you have these Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson style quarterbacks, they're still gaining yards and they're still scoring touchdowns if they're doing it with their legs or their arm. So I don't understand what the big deal is. 
I, I don't either. I think that they can still do it. I, the only reason why I don't like Lamar Jackson is because of his injuries. And he yeah. just, he hasn't adapted. And that's adapted. a big thing. They're more injury prone. Yeah, he hasn't adapted his game to be successful. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, outside of the high ankle sprain, which we'll talk about in just a little bit, outside of the high ankle sprain, Patrick Mahomes stays pretty healthy. And he, he knows when to run. He knows when to slide. He knows when to get out of bounds. Uh, he, he's not getting hit left and right. Same with uh, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those guys do a great. I mean, Josh Allen needs to be careful. <laughs> there are times when he's he only making, has that that elbow injury that keeps bothering him. Yeah. I mean, he needs to be a bit more careful with with how he goes forward. I think he will. He'll adapt. Lamar Jackson hasn't adapted. He still plays very reckless to where that's the reason why he continues to have these injuries the past two seasons. He's missed at least, what, six, seven games combined over the past two seasons? I'll look that up. I think it's something along those lines. So, I mean, you you, you missed time, and especially with the Ravens, too. You missed a playoff game. You missed a playoff game with this injury. At a certain point, we always talk about it, availability. Availability is a huge thing, and that's the reason why the Ravens decided not to give him $230 million guaranteed last year. We found out that their contract was $130 million He's guaranteed. He's missed 10 games the past two seasons. Even worse, 10 games the past two seasons. Do you see that getting better? So I'll say this, Dylan. I agree with the injuries, and his style definitely makes it tough. And because he's so agile and because he's so shifty, it's definitely difficult. But I do say that I think that I have seen him adapt his game a little bit more. Um, I have seen him try to step back in the pocket and make some of those throws. Uh, They took Hollywood, Hollywood Brown away from him. Uh, you gave him Rashad Bateman who couldn't stay on the field and was healthy this year. Hasn't really had consistent weapons to throw to. And he's still, he's still, you know, gotten some things done. Um, obviously if you put a pocket passer in there, I don't think that they would have the success that Lamar Jackson has. Obviously the offense is built more around him. Yeah. And that's why, Um, that's why Joe Flacco wasn't successful there either. I mean, I think towards the end of their best receiver has been Derek Mason. It wasn't even a guy they drafted. They're historically do not draft quarterback uh, wide receivers they mm-hmm. don't bring wide receivers in you know you have uh tory smith anquan bolden Derek mason uh you draft hollywood brown for a little bit like they just they can't seem to get it cut you know sammy Watkins and was it demarcus robinson was like their best guy this year uh you had you know kick returner and devin duvernay who was one of their you know top targets and mm-hmm. so I, I think he's adapted a little bit but i don't think that they're doing him any favors because they're not really giving him weapons outside of mark andrews either um, so I, I've always said that I think it's a little bit unfair, the treatment that Lamar Jackson does get, because I do think he can make some of those throws. Is he going to do it consistently? No, but they don't need him to, because he's going to, what he's going to lack in passing, he makes up in his legs and people need to start realizing that the quarterback position is evolving and changing to that style of play. We're seeing a lot of quarterbacks that can scramble and run. If they get yards and they score touchdowns and they're the commander of that offense, they're a quarterback. And, like, there's a lot of people that are giving Jalen Hurts a lot of flack. He's not a good quarterback. He's not a real quarterback. Put a real quarterback in there. Define real quarterback. Because the guy's up for an MVP. He's He has a, the, one of the best re- records for the Eagles. They've been on a tear. They're demolishing your favorite teams. So define to me what your definition of a quarterback is these days. Because it seems like people just got the whole thing mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, well, especially last week. I mean, you beat the Giants. You beat the brakes off the Giants. You beat the brakes off the Giants with Jalen Hurts. And, yeah, I mean, if, if you say that's that's not a good quarterback, 
then I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Williams says, Allen was beat by Burrow, literally the second best quarterback in the NFL, talking about guys. But still, those guys, William, are expected to beat guys like Burrow, expected to beat guys like Patrick Mahomes. Allen has, has con- continually, the past few seasons, he's gotten to, what, the second round? And then got kicked out by Burrow, gotten kicked out by, by Patrick Mahomes. Burrow is 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. 3-0. and Look at Josh Allen's record against Patrick Mahomes. Not as good. I mean, you have to have a guy. You say you need to have a, 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 a non-serviceable quarterback, a guy that can actually be the guy. Josh Allen is supposed to be the guy. And what happens? So I mean, Josh Allen's the guy. But when are we going to start giving him the same treatment we give quarterbacks like Dak Prescott? I mean, to me, I, I even tweeted this out last week when I watched that game with Josh Allen. I said, is Josh Allen this decade's Peyton Manning? One of the best regular season quarterbacks. Con- consistently has been very, very good. Continues to show the league that he's in the top five quarterbacks currently. But he can just not get it done in the playoffs. He cannot get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's what Peyton Manning's MO was for the longest time. He had two Super Bowls, one of which was in Indianapolis, where he was the guy, and then one where he won because of his defense in Denver. I mean, he's just not, he wasn't known as a postseason quarterback. I don't know why. He just, he continuously, people are, are recognizing him. He puts up great stats in the regular season, but like, I don't blame Stefan Diggs for his frustration after that game. Storming out of the locker room and then having to be brought back in. You guys keep getting there. And what what are you going to do? Are you going to fire another offensive coordinator, bring in a different one? When are you going to realize that maybe it's Josh Allen? Maybe he cracks under pressure. Whenever I think of Josh Allen, the play that I think of was, I believe it was against the Houston Texans about four years ago. Uh, it was a playoff game, and it was the very, very end of the game, and they were down to Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. And Josh Allen forced two turnovers and continued to force the ball. And I always think about that. He does these really great things, and I love watching Josh Allen play. I love his style of play. I think he's so fun to watch. But then he gets there, and he does nothing. But then everyone wants to you know, say, trade Dak Prescott. He doesn't have it. Lamar Jackson isn't the guy. There's all these quarterbacks that don't get the same treatment as Josh Allen. People just keep saying like, oh, you know, get a new offensive coordinator. Oh, you know, he needs needs another weapon outside of Stefan Diggs. And oh, you know, it was just it, there was too much stuff around the DeMar Hamlet thing. Whatever excuse you want to make for Josh Allen, why are we bailing this guy out? He's not getting it done. Just like any of these other guys aren't getting it done. I yeah. think right now the league, you have Pat Mahomes. You have Joe Burrow, who are who have both shown that they can get it done. You have Jalen Hurts, who's now stepping in. He's shown that he could be a really good, serviceable quarterback. And then you have these regular season guys in Justin Herbert and in Josh Allen and in Dak Prescott and some of these other quarter, you know, the Kyler Murrays, all of those other guys. They're just good regular season quarterbacks that don't have what it takes to make it to the playoffs. When are we going to put Josh Allen in that category and stop pretending like he's this really great thing? Because I agree with you, Dylan. I think that's a really, really good statement. He's the Peyton Manning of this era. Yeah, he really is. And, and, and I don't see him getting over the hump unless things change there. And also, I mean, I, Sean McDermott has had some flack as well this past week 
um, saying, is this his peak? Is this his ceiling for this team? Because there was some play calling. I know somebody talked about the run game um, in this game as well this past weekend, saying that just run the ball. You could run the ball. Uh, Josh Allen's issue is the play calling in Buffalo. Run the ball, like William says here. Um, and that's Sean McDermott. That's on Sean McDermott, too, is, is offensive coordinator, things of that nature. Um, but there are some other comments, too. I'm going to wait on those. I know AJ popped in um, and talked about his Bengals, but I want to talk about this topic for just a second as well. AJ says the OC and having a number one wide receiver is the biggest reason that offense is the way it is. Lamar has to everything by design. That was talking about the uh, Bengal, or the I'm sorry, Ravens. Um, here it is. Josh Allen looked like he was going to be a bust until Dable and Diggs got there. Um, Kelly says real quarterback definition, Joe Burrow or Burrows. She calls um, him Joe Burrows and I don't know why she always does it. And I always have to correct <laughs> her and she just, she continues to roll with it. I love that. Um, uh, let's see what else. Uh, William said, I know Burrows record hurts me. Burrow is Hemothy. He is him. AJ said over the last three seasons, Josh Allen leads the league in turnovers, but he gets all these excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen is play call is play calling in in uh, Buffalo. AJ also says um, <laughs> Kelly laughing at her and how is that the real definition? Um, Wesley also says yeah, Buffalo should move on from Allen. He can come to Indy. So I mean, I'm sure the Colts would love to have Josh Allen there. Um, and the Titans would love to pick him off. William says, can we also make a segment where we laugh at the Cowboys, mainly the fans? Yes, William, we'll do that before the show ends, I Definitely. promise. Um, Wesley also says, if and when Cincinnati wins this division, do we flip Burrow to number one and Mahomes to number two? I think they're going to be interchangeable. I think so, too. I'd still take I'd still take Mahomes' skill set, but Joe Burrow has that dog. Oh. That, I don't, that I don't think there, there's anyone in the NFL that has it right now. You know, Matty Ice used to be the one that had ice in his veins, Matt Ryan, which obviously that ice ran out <laughs> once he, he let go of a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, Joe Burrow has that ice. Joe Burrow is... is He's him? Him. And he yep. said that after the game. He did. Last I'm week. Him. <laughs> and then at the press conference, the reporters asked him about that. Said quote, he blacked he said, out. I blacked out. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what I said on the field. But uh, someone also said, "Well, when you black out and you say something, that typically means that deep down, you know it's the truth." And and he, he he's him. He's All him right. for sure. I that want you to rank these quarterbacks, Dylan. Do you mind? Sure. Okay. And so I'll give you the names, and then you tell me the rank that you would put them in order. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence. Those five. So Kirk Cousins, Cousins. Jared Goff, Goff, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence. Everyone who's watching, follow with me here. I got something, I promise. Okay. Um, number one. Who you would take? Cousins, Lawrence, Allen, Smith. Who was the fifth one? Goff. Goff. Um, dang. <laughs> this is this is a good ranking. Um, I would probably say right now. Trevor Lawrence is a small sample size. I was gonna say Trevor Lawrence number one, but it's just a small sample size from what we've seen so far. Um, William is chiming in. 
saying Goff, Golf. Allen, Lawrence, Golf, um, Allen, Cousins. Lawrence, Smith. Thank you for writing it down, William, because this helps me too. Um, and Cousins. You're just missing Cousins. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would still say Josh Allen, number one. I would say Jared Goff, man. He did some good things in Detroit. He did some good things with the Rams too. I mean, I don't I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. I would probably say Allen won golf two cousins. Lawrence three, cousins four, and Smith five. Okay. So now I'm gonna tell you a stat line. I want you to tell me what quarterback this is. Okay. 4,438 yards, 65% completion percentage, 29 touchdowns, seven picks. Is this from this season? Yeah, and this is one of those five. I think Kirk Cousins threw for more more yardage than that. Uh, Is it Goff? It's Goff. That's Jared Goff. And you're right. Kirk Cousins did throw for more yardage. Yeah. Uh, and um, Jared Goff threw less interceptions, but he mm. only threw for like, I don't know, a hundred, just about a hundred more yards, right? Than uh, Jared Goff did. Um, I'm going to give you another stat line: four thousand two hundred eighty-two yards, sixty-nine percent completion percentage, thirty touchdowns, eleven picks. Which one of the five is that? I think Allen threw. I think he was tied for the most interceptions this year. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think it was more than 11. It was. You're correct. I would probably say that's Geno Smith. Bingo. Nice job. That's Geno Smith, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at this, and you've got guys like Kirk Cousins, who gets written off all the time. You get Jared Goff, who L.A. wanted to throw the guy to the garbage. I still you understand that. Geno Smith who literally came out of nowhere. Everyone wrote him off and he didn't write back. You have Trevor Lawrence, who people were thinking might could have been a bust. Maybe he wasn't as good as everyone thought. Finally gets hot, right? You have all these guys. Yet we put Josh Allen in the same category as Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. But he's in that tier two category. In, all of, in my opinion, there's a lot more guys in this five list that Josh Allen, that are better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen's stat line, 4,283 yards. Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff threw more than that. Um, and that was only one more yard than Geno Smith. Okay? Uh, and then it was like, uh, I don't know, 90 more yards than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, 63% completion percentage. The lowest out of all five of those quarterbacks. 30 touchdowns. The most out of all those quarterbacks, but only four or five more than them. And then the most interceptions out of all five of those quarterbacks. Hmm. Yet we're willing to write this guy as potentially the best quarterback in the NFL. Stop. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that people also look at this as a team statistic as well. You know, Josh Allen is a good quarterback because he's on a good team because he has a piece around him, which again, I, I don't necessarily disagree or agree with that. I mean, um, I, I think that Josh Allen has proved that he, he, is a winner and he has won games with this Buffalo Bills team. Um, he constantly is in the playoffs, 
But, I mean, what do you do in the playoffs? I mean, obviously, you're not doing much this year. You're on the couch. But uh, these other quarterbacks, they just don't have spotlights on them. Jared Goff this year had more of a spotlight on him because of what they were doing in Detroit, you know, missing out on the playoffs by, you know, a thread. Um, Geno Smith, the way they played in Seattle, after getting rid of Russell, Russell Wilson, people thought that Drew Locke was going to be the starter there in Seattle. And Geno Smith comes in and says, <laughs> no. He, he says, I'm going to come in. I'm going to prove that the Seattle Seahawks can still win games, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to show that the Jets, that was just a fluke. The Jets' as an organization as a whole just is not very good with quarterbacks, as we've seen in recent memory. Um, Lawrence came into the playoffs, and, and I mean, the refs did help him a lot, but he, he played well for when he needed to, especially in the second half of games. He played very, very well getting, getting his team back into games, especially against the Chiefs last week, too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, yes, he was walking around on a bum ankle, um, which I still think that's going to be a hindrance to him this week in the AFC Championship game. But, I mean, he gave the Chiefs a run for their money this weekend as well, this past weekend as well. So um, all, all good quarterbacks, I, I think so, and different play styles as well for each of them. Um, but yeah, Allen, if you're looking at just from a quarterback statistic, statistical view, um, yeah, Allen's not as good as everyone thinks he is. He's good. And I'm glad that you said that because it's not, I'm not saying Josh Allen isn't a good quarterback and you're not no. saying Josh Allen is a good quarterback. I'm just saying, stop putting him in the category with the best. William says there. Allen is the Lamar Jackson is in Lamar Jackson territory for me. Okay. I mean, I think he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. He can pass the ball better than Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that yeah, he's got a that's better arm than Lamar Jackson. He's got a better sure. arm. I think that's probably the one up on Josh Allen uh, for on on Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen has, um, but I I would if I were choosing between the two quarterbacks, I would still probably go with Allen over Lamar Jackson. Yep. Because Lamar Jackson, me, I've said it over and over again on the show, and I'm sure people are are sick of me saying it. Lamar Jackson, to me, is not a top 10 quarterback. He's a top 10 athlete, not a top 10 quarterback. He's still a good quarterback. I mean, he's still up there, but he's not top 10. Why? How, how come? One, availability. Two, I, I, I just think that it's taken... He just plays so recklessly, one, that I, I don't think that it's sustainable, the way that he's, he's playing. We've seen it to where he... Doesn't have the strongest arm compared to others. He's not as accurate as others. Um, and that's the biggest knack on him for me is that his his passing is not as up to par as other quarterbacks in the league. And that's the reason why I put him in that, that category. Now, can he win you games with his legs? Yes. And like I said before, winning with your legs, that's different from winning with your arm. And Lamar Jackson, to me, has not shown me a game where he can win solely on his arm. He's 45 and 16 overall. He's a winner and top 10 athlete. Again, it's not a bad, not, not knocking him at all. He's still a very, very good. He's up there in the NFL. So what's your it, definition of a quarterback? I guess is my question. I mean, ha, I don't really have a, a pinpoint pinpoint definition of a quarterback. I, I think that having mobility Having an arm is, I mean, an arm, number one, again, that's prototypical. Prototypical quarterback is being in the pocket, using your arm, not moving. I mean, like, just staying in the pocket. That That's that's a quarterback, a typical quarterback from 
previous years. But adding mobility to it, to where if you need to use your legs, you can. Um, the, the Russell Wilson, when he first came into the league, I mean, I didn't think he was that good of a quarterback either. Uh, Passing-wise, at first, I didn't think he was. He was using his legs a lot. They were doing dink and dunk throws for him in the Seattle offense to make him look successful. Um, and that's one of the main reasons why he was so successful and, and went to Denver is because of um, the image that he created of himself going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, losing one of the Super Bowls, um, but still having pretty good success in Seattle. And I, I, that's kind of where I see Lamar. But with Lamar, he has just not adapted his game as much as Russell Wilson had adapted his game to where he could use his arm a bit more than just his legs game in game out knows how to slide knows how to get out of bounds kind of like a Patrick Mahomes Lamar doesn't do that like he he's just getting hit left and right whenever he's running um and shifting the way he is and such I know that shiftiness is great but I still think he's just a top 10 athlete not quarterback okay so that's where I kind of lean um Allen was phenomenal for my fantasy football league that's a good thing, William. Um, he also says, I don't have a definition. I love scrambling quarterbacks, however. I love quarterbacks who can scramble. Which, I mean, again, having mobility is great. It's an added element to the game, and I I, re- I love it. I think it's awesome. I think that, uh, yeah. For Absolutely. sake of time, I would love to table this conversation and have another yes. one with you. Yeah. Uh, because I think that this is a really, really good topic. I'm having a lot of fun. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, I'm going back to the comments we had earlier because there were a few comments. I know AJ popped in the comments and so my boy has cleared his throat and then said, who day um, also said Lamar Jackson can win games with his arm more than Tannehill. That's interesting. Uh, AJ, Look. have you looked at the stats on that? Because I don't think that's the case. Tannehill's all time record. 78 and 65. Okay. I'd love to see the quarterback stats though. Passing stats. Completion percentage. Touchdowns. His career completion percentage, 64%. Lamar Jackson, 63%. Okay. A little touchdowns. Lamar Jackson has. And passing. A hundred. Yeah. Passing touchdowns. He has 101 in five seasons. Ryan Tannehill has 212 in 10 seasons. It's pretty close. Lamar Jackson has 38 picks. Tannehill has 108 Hmm. in 10 seasons. Well, and also, again, Lamar is using his legs a lot more of the time. You know, this is a really good... I would love to sit here and dig more into this sometime. We should plan an episode, and I'll come back. I would love to be on Out of Bounds if we just do this whole quarterback comparison... Because yeah, I, I think that. that Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Jackson debate's good. I love the Josh Allen stuff. And I don't want to take more of your, of your time derailing the conversation here because I know that you're trying to get to the playoffs. I keep yeah, yeah, up for all sure. We need, we need to get to that in just a second. Um, <laughs> one other thing, though, William was talking about Lamar. Oh, Dylan, we lost you. Lamar scrambles. Mahomes can quarterback that has the option to scramble. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you're obviously not wrong. Uh, Mahomes is extremely talented. He has the option to scramble. Um, I, I see Dylan's point where you don't, you're paying your quarterback that much money. He's the ring reader, uh, the ringleader of your team. You want him to be able to be on the field as, as much as possible. And those guys who scramble put themselves in a position where they can't scramble as much. I totally get that. I also see the argument of, as long as they put yards down the field and they score and they do everything that they have to do, I'm happy with it. 
score some touchdowns, move the ball, and command that offense, I'm happy with it. Uh, William also says, I'll say this. Take away Andrews. What is Lamar's stats? I, we would I, have to do a deep dive those. on that. But yes. that is an interesting point as well, especially the, the past. But who has he had outside of Andrews? That's, That's my too. point. It's not like he's played with DeAndre Hopkins for a couple of seasons, but he throws it all to Mark Andrews. <clears throat> he had Hollywood Brown, who also had a lot of injuries. He hasn't. He's never had a wide receiver. True. Sammy Absolutely. Watkins. Absolutely. Um, Limitless from Twitch. I think it's what up, I, Limitless. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming so. Hello. Um, and then an emoji. I'm not really. I'm not sure what that is. Um, nice. We're gonna keep going. Um, thanks for doing emoji. Show. Yes. Um, so let's talk about divisional weekend really quickly. Um, there's things where just number one thing that stuck out to you for each game. Jaguars, Chiefs, Chiefs winning 27 to 20. What was the biggest thing that stuck out to you? Uh, Trevor Lawrence is actually not that bad. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a problem in this league for a long time. I think he's finally starting to come into his own. I think he's starting to figure things out. Um, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Uh, Pat Mahomes is still him. Uh, Travis Kelsey is still him. Uh, they're well on their way to potentially a, a Super Bowl. They're definitely in the conversation. Uh, I think these four teams are the best four teams available. Um, I think at the beginning of the, you know, after you saw a couple of, uh, of weeks of the regular season, I think these would be the four teams. Well, aside from the Bengals, because they started off slow, um, they, they've managed to really kick it into gear like they did last year. So, uh, yeah, my biggest takeaway from the Jags game is actually from the Jaguars and uh, Trevor Lawrence's he's going to be a really good quarterback. Yeah, he can be, especially getting Calvin Ridley next year too. That's another weapon yeah. he's getting as well. So oh, Christian yeah. Kirk, Calvin Ridley, um, yeah, some really, really – Travis Etienne at the running back position, they're going to have some really good weapons there. Um, Mahomes got injured in this game as well, high ankle sprain. It looks like also Travis Kelsey is on the injury report as well with a back injury. He's questionable for tomorrow, which I'm sure he's still going to play. But I wonder how much that's going to hinder him in this game. The biggest thing to me last week, too, when Chad Henney went in last week and had that drive in the first half to end the half because Patrick Mahomes had just gotten this ankle sprain. Um, they were evaluating him in the locker room. So Chad Henney went in. Chad Henney drove them down and got a touchdown. But then the second half, when Patrick Mahomes got back into the game, his stats were not very good when it comes to actually getting them going. They got they had 10 points in the second half with this offense that was high-powered, but th- several drives ended in a punt just because Patrick Mahomes couldn't get the ball down the field. That's the one problem that I had with that game, especially when the Jaguars were getting back, is that there was a decision that had to be made by Andy Reid of do we keep Patrick Mahomes out there with his ankle, the way he's playing, um, in the second half, or do we have Chad Henney go out there and just finish out the game for us? I mean, they mm-hmm. did win because hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, they did win, but at that point, if I were Andrew Andy Reid, looking at the situation, looking at what we were we were getting into, going to the AFC Championship game the the week after because we knew we were going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, why not keep Chad Henney in and let Patrick Mahomes rest for a half? If it got to a point to where the Jacksonville Jaguars were storming back the way they were, then fine, maybe make that decision to bring Patrick Mahomes back. But in my mind, Chad Henney, healthier quarterback at that point, he actually drove them down a field for a touchdown. Give him the reins to see what he can do. 
just in case something happens with Patrick Mahomes, he gets further injury, um, or he just needs to rest a bit more to make it to the AFC Championship game. That's the only the quorum I had um, with that whole scenario, but they still won. 27-20 was the final score. Um, Eagles-Giants. Eagles 38, Giants 7. What was your biggest takeaway from that one? Uh... The, the Eagles' offensive scheme and the system that they built around Jalen Hurts is really, really difficult to beat. And uh, when you watch that game, you get a mix of Miles Sanders. You get Jalen Hurts, who's – when you're looking for a running quarterback, scrambling quarterback, he's the guy you want. Because not only is he athletic and, and fast, he is big and he has strong legs. He is literally the definition of a running back that can throw the football um he, he's big he's strong he's athletic so uh, i think that the scheme that they built around him we saw it with gardner Minshew how the offense kind of struggled at times a bit uh for some of those last games when jalen hurts did get hurt but to have him back is huge um i think that the giants are a piece or two away um and, and i think that they're going to be really strong going into next year but uh yeah that eagles team they're going to be really difficult to beat and that defense is coming into its own this NFC Championship game is going to be a very fun game. Yes, it is. Um, with the Giants, I'll talk about them for a second. Daniel Jones, not the best day for him. Uh, nope. 15 to 27 for 135 yards and an interception. Barkley, however, only had nine carries and 61 yards rushing. They in got game. away from their scheme. Got away from it very quickly because they went up two touchdowns and then four touchdowns to end the half. Um, not it, it, at the end of the day, they just had to throw the ball and, and Daniel Jones just wasn't able to do to come back in that scenario. But yeah, I mean, those two guys, especially Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones is actually command. It's looking like he's asking for about 30 million a year, um, on his new contract. The Giants are still trying to work out something with him and, um, Saquon Barkley too, I believe down, down the, down the stretch, they'll have to figure out a contract for him as well. Maybe not this year, but next year potentially. Um, but they're looking at paying him a pretty, pretty hefty, hefty salary as well. I think he wants to be the highest paid. Or he the wants that Nick, Ch- Nick Chubb money. Yeah. He wants to be up there with the running backs, but I'm sure that they'll probably call to, you know, say, look, your injury history does not look good for you. The first few seasons you were with us. So mm-hmm. that's probably gonna be a conversation they have. Um, Bengals and Bills. Bengals won twenty-seven to ten at Bills. What was your biggest takeaway? Uh, I think you know just to kind of recap a little bit earlier. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow is him. Uh, Joe Burrow has that dog in him. It's that X factor that you look for. What we see Tom Brady have success for so many years. That X factor that makes you different. That you are not going to get beaten. You are not going to get defeated. You're not going to let them crush you. Like obviously we've seen the greats, you know, get get beaten before, get beaten bad, get destroyed, whatever. But Joe Burrow is going to go in there and impose his will on a football game. And uh, some of those passes he was made, making were lightning bolts, on point. Jamar Chase. That touchdown that should have been a touchdown in the back of the end zone, but wasn't really considered a touchdown for some strange reason. Uh, Joe Burrow just went in there and he imposed his will in that game. And Josh Allen uh, needs to figure some things out. Yeah. And also Josh Allen's little play where he had an incomplete pass and they called it a fumble. That same play happened in the Jacksonville and Tennessee game. And Tennessee got, they said it was a fumble. And in this game, they said Josh Allen... It was an incomplete pass with the ball. Both the, I'm not saying that, well, I am saying the Titans, it should have been a fumble. It should have been a, an incomplete pass instead of a fumble. But 
both of those plays were pretty much exactly the same, and they had two di- completely different calls. That was the biggest thing for me. Officiating needed to be looked at, especially that touchdown that was not called a touchdown that should have been a touchdown. Um, yeah, th- those things should be looked at for officiating. But again, Joe Burrow, man, Joe Burrow is him. He's looking really, really good going into the, into the AFC Championship game, and this team is much healthier right now than the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, last but not least, the Niners at Cow- the Cowboys at Niners. Niners won 19-12. What's your biggest takeaway there? My biggest takeaway there is, um, you know, I'm going to be honest, Dylan. I can't put my finger on Brock Purdy. I don't know if this kid is like the next big thing that we're watching unfold before our eyes. What do the 49ers do? You have three, you know, three quarterbacks you could start. This kid comes out of nowhere, Mr. Irrelevant, and just absolutely tears, has been tearing it up. And it's like he's out there. He looks confident. He looks sharp. His teammates love him. He's making really good, accurate throws. He's making good decisions. I can't, for the first time in my whole life, I can't pinpoint what's going on here. And not that I'm ever correct. I'm usually wrong half the time, but I at least am confident enough that I made the right decision. I believe in myself. I can't figure out Brock Purdy. I don't know what to think. Is this the great Kyle Shanahan? Or did they find a diamond in the rough with this kid? Yeah. Because he Um, looks good. He does. He does. And also Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy played against each other in college as well a few years ago. And that game was a very high scoring affair. Brock Purdy, I think, edged him in statistics in that game as well. Um, but again, yes, Brock Purdy is an anomaly being Mr. Relevant coming in, playing the way he's played. People have talked about, you know, Kyle Shanahan's system. Is it that I I probably have some credence. There's probably some credence to that, that it is Kyle Shanahan's system, um, because of the way that we've seen other quarterbacks play in his system before. I mean, this year, I mean, Trey Lance struggled a little bit in his first few games, then got injured. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo's had success in this system. Um, you know, Brock Purdy's had success in the system as well. Trey Lance had a little bit of success last year. Um, I mean, he they do really good with quarterbacks there in San Francisco. Just the pieces around him. Again, you don't need to Brock Purdy right now. Do you call him a a, a starting quarterback? Do you call him a um, franchise quarterback or is he a serviceable quarterback? I mean, right now, I think you'd probably lean towards serviceable. But again, I mean, they won the game last week. They're going to the NFC Championship game. Let's see what they can do against the Eagles because that's going to be a really fascinating game, especially the defense against the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Um, That's going to be a tough matchup, I think, both ways. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if it's going to be um, 38 points they score in this game like they did last week against the Giants. Um, I think it's going to be a bit closer than that, but it's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Wesley says... If you're Daniel Jones, would you want to come back to the team that didn't have enough faith in you to pick up your fifth-year option or go somewhere else to play? I get that having a starting position already set would be comforting, but would you have resentment towards the Giants front office and or organization? I don't think so. I don't think guys really do that. I don't think that he would play for this team. Uh, I think if you know if if he wanted to. Uh, if he wanted to go, he would continue to impose his will on the franchise and then, you know, hold it over them. I think he's just happy to be there. I think he likes his teammates. I think his teammates like him. I think Dabal believes in him um, or Dayball, excuse me, believes in him. And I think that uh, I think he's going to end up back in a, a, a big blue uniform next year. I think so, too. I mean, there's not really anywhere else he can go. 
to be a starting quarterback. Because other quarterbacks are going to get picked over him most likely um, yes. in, in free agency. You have uh, Derek Carr. You have potentially Tom Brady out there. You know his name being thrown around. You potentially have a trade in the wings for Aaron Rodgers. You have uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be out there available as well. I mean, I think there are going to be some other quarterbacks, which I mean, I, I'd be kind of hesitant to take Baker Mayfield over Daniel Jones. But again, we're talking about team players who like to win. Baker Mayfield, I mean, he if he's in the right situation, he likes to win. I mean, mm-hmm. he, 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 can, he can be a winner. Um, we saw it in Cleveland. We saw it a little bit with the Rams as well towards the end of the season, especially his first game coming in, being there for 48 hours, and then you know, winning the game in prime time on Thursday night football. Um, I think he still has some in him too. So. I think so. And Wesley um, is calling out my saltiness for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Titans. All, all the, the thing <laughs> is though, Wesley, we're, we're both the same tonight and this weekend we're both sitting on the couch. So that's all that matters. <laughs> the AFC South is a wash. It's fine. Have your, have your wine, have your champagne, whatever. Um, next year, the Titans are coming for you. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the conference championship games this weekend. Two big matchups happening tomorrow. First one, 49ers and Eagles. Who do you have in this game? This, the, I mean, both of these matchups are going to be phenomenal, but I'm really, really excited about this because you have two really good defenses going at it. And uh, I, I think that when it's all said and done, um, I think the Eagles have a better offense, although I'd love to see the 49ers get going with uh, with Debo. Um, I think having Devo involved in your offensive scheme, uh, they have a great mix of Christian McCaffrey. You know, he's, he, there's no way he's going to miss this game. He's going to be out there. He's going to be full force. Um, they got Elijah Mitchell going last game, which was huge for them. They were able to get him some, uh, some carries at the end of the game, uh, but getting Debo involved more. Um, I know that they're getting him back from injury. Uh, you know, he's had some big games, but he hasn't been Debo like we've seen Debo. And I think that's the big thing. I, I love, you know, Ayuk. I've been a big Ayuk fan all year. I thought he's done really well. Brock Purdy's coming here and had success. But both defense are good. You cross them out. I think when you sit down and you look at it, it's Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. It's kind of tough not to go with the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts after all they've done all year. And they got my boy, A.J. Brown, on that side of the football. Yes, AJ Brown is playing quite well. Um, sadly, as a Titans fan, um, that's tough, man. <laughs> yeah, it's really tough. Um, I don't know. I, I I do like the Eagles' offense. I did see several times this year, though, where the Eagles' offense had that just the something just would be off for the offense in a game. Uh, they they would just get disrupted somehow to where they just kind of got knocked off and, and, and they would lose some games here and there. Um, this can be a really big test for the Eagles. If they do win this game, then uh, they're going to put up a very, very good fight in the Super Bowl against whoever wins in the AFC championship game. I mean, they're, they're going to be in it and it's going to be one of those Super Bowls that we watch that go to the last, you know, two minute warning in the game. And um, it's going to be really, really a fun one to watch. I picked the Niners before um, to make it to the Super Bowl because I thought the Eagles would probably be out by this point, <laughs> but they're not. Um, I, it's really tough for me because I see they're going to have the chip on their shoulder from last Debo especially is going to have a chip on his shoulder for not making it further than they did last year. Um, they've been in this situation before. The Eagles have not been in this situation before. They have a lot of young playmakers in that offense I see them making more mistakes than the Niners do. So I'm going to go out and say I'll pick the Niners. 
I, I just think that it's just going to be one of those days that they're going to slip up and the Niners are going to capitalize. So I, I think I'm going to pick the Niners in this game. Um, last game of the night, last game of the weekend, before we figure out who our Super Bowl matchup will be, AFC Championship game, Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes, the Bengals versus the Chiefs. Who do you have in this game? It's tough. The Bengals are red hot right now. Um, but the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They're always there. They've always been there uh, ever since Pat Mahomes has taken over the helm. This is going to be a really, really good matchup. Same thing as on the other side. You have two of the best offenses, so they cancel each other out. Now you have to figure out who uh, who has the better defense, and, and I think that that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think that they have a really good pass rush. I think that they have some really good corners. Um, I, I absolutely love the Cincinnati Bengals. It's funny. Uh, two or three weeks ago, if you asked me, I was going to say Chiefs 49ers. Now I'm leaning towards Eagles Bengals. I think that's going to be a really fun game. Jalen Hurts versus Joe Burrow uh, in the Super Bowl. And uh, as Wesley Burton just said, in Burrowhead Stadium. Don't forget. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bengals in Burrowhead. Sorry, William Keck. Yeah, sorry, William. Um, I'm gonna lean with the Bengals as well, especially the unknown. I mean, we've seen all the videos this week of him coming off the, uh, for out from the press conference, not having the limp that we all see him on the practice field, jogging around, moving around with his ankle. Everyone's saying, Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Look at him. He's fine. Even last week. I mean, in the second half of the game, there were times where he didn't show a limp, but he was still not as effective as he would, as he was in the first half. You have to be on your game a hundred percent on your game to play the Cincinnati Bengals right now, because we just saw what happened with the bills. It was not a pretty game and it, it should have been even uglier than what we saw the final score to be because the, the Bengals just had their number the entire game. The, the Bengals were dominant in that game. And I just don't think, and Vince is chiming in saying he's not fine. And uh, Dylan, can you shoot. do me a favor? Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. Sure. Could you look up that picture of Mac Jones getting carried out of the tunnel? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Because this ties into what you're saying in uh, Vince David's comment here as well. Yep, let me open this. Wait. Uh... Here it is. Yeah, I mean, looking at... Mac Jones in this photo. Let me take off the graphic too. Uh, Mac Jones is a tough kid. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is a high ankle sprain. I mean, you even saw it with uh, Ryan Tannehill this year as well. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, actually, uh, Rich Eisen came out on Twitter, and I think, or he was on um, a pre-show or something last weekend, or um, halftime show, saying that, you know, this is the first time I've seen a quarterback get a high ankle sprain and then go back into the game. Actually, it's not, and it was Ryan Tannehill who did the same thing this year. Um, twice is where he actually had an ankle injury and came back into the game. So, uh, sorry to tell you, Rich, you were you were wrong in that in that point. But yes, it's not a, it's not a pretty, not it doesn't feel good. Um, it it's definitely especially with how Mahomes operates. I'm not saying he's a a um, scrambling quarterback. I'm just saying that he likes to shift back in the pocket. He likes to, you know, just he uses his legs quite a bit. And if you have an injury like this where Mac Jones is just writhing in pain, 
um, especially a week out. It just happened, what, four, uh, less than a week ago. Yep. I, I, don't, I don't see him being anywhere near 100% in this game. And again, you have to be to beat Joe Burrow right now. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is 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 him again. Yep, he's him. He's him. So, um, yeah, I think that I think riding with the Chiefs, uh, riding with the Chiefs right now would be a bad beat. <laughs> don't do it, just uh, <laughs> because uh, if you, even even if you're betting this weekend, don't bet on the winner of this game. Just do some prop bets. Yep, player prop bets in this first game. touchdown. Travis Kelsey. Take yeah, it. I mean, don't don't don't. Don't bet on who's going to win this game because it's, 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 uh, it's, yeah. Also, Vince said Mac looked like <laughs> Paul Pierce getting carried nice. out of the garden. Yes. And, uh, Wesley also says Rich Eisen wasn't watching Tennessee this year, which I probably, yeah, I highly agree with that most media members were not watching Tennessee this year because of what they were doing, especially seven and oh, um, or oh, and seven streak to end the year. And Bailey also says, Love I'll take this. anything to not see J- Jason Jackson Mahomes twerking at the Super Bowl. And also uh, Brittany Mahomes in the yep. box yelling and screaming the way she does. Um, yeah, please. Joe Burrow for everybody out there in America. I know. Right? So it was funny because we actually um, we have some good friends from Florida. And, and um, uh, she, one of them texted us this week and said, hey, how is Patrick Mahomes such a nice guy? So cool. And then you, how did he get paired up with Jackson Mahomes and Brittany? Like his high school sweetheart, Brittany. Yeah. It, you know, what it reminds me of, it reminds me <laughs> referring to uh, the quote that Brittany is famous for. Yes, again. Yeah. That's not, uh, <laughs> not, not good. Um, nice. She, she reminds me of Russell Wilson's girlfriend. From the screaming the when he gets drafted. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, it's just like whoa, <laughs> just you're you're too much. You're absolutely too much. Um, yeah. Hopefully, Jackson Mahomes and Brittany aren't at the Super Bowl this year. I hope not. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, there are those picks, and we also have one more thing too. We'll do this very very quickly because um, we'll probably talk more about it next week as well. This is a list that I found on on Twitter. It's the top five whiniest fan bases in the NFL. I'd love to get your thoughts on it to see what you think about this list. If you would change the top five, I know it might be a little bit small, but you you know, full screen, you could probably see it a bit better than we can. Um, Top five, starting one through five, Dallas, New England, Buffalo, Chicago, and Philadelphia. Do you agree with that top five? One and two. Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think also, what, the reason why is the top annoying tra- habit for both of those teams is using victim mentality. Yep. <laughs> I just love that. Um, I would put the Philadelphia Eagles at three. Um, I'd put the Philadelphia Eagles at three. I think that they uh, they complain and they're just as bad as the Cowboys, but not as bad as the Cowboys in New England. Yep. Um, and then, you know, it's funny. I don't hear – maybe I'm just not – I don't hear enough Chicago stuff. I wouldn't put Chicago Bears in that conversation. They've been bad either. for so long, and yeah. I don't really hear peeps from them. Yeah. Um, and Bailey says, I think New England's calmed down. The Dolphins complain a lot. Yep, Dolphins complain a lot too. 
I would probably say, I mean, where are they? They're wow, twenty second. Yeah, they're they're pretty low down there. I would say the Colts. Why? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say top five, but on this list they have them at twenty nine, and I, I, I for some reason it's the reason why I say that is because they have such high expectations. The media paints such high expectations for this team year in and year out. And listening to Colts fans talk about their team, thinking they're going to the Super Bowl every year, they're just a quarterback away. Um, but then when they lose, they they get upset about it and they go on Twitter, they go on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, and complain. I, I think that that they should probably be a bit higher on this list than they are. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Number one, number two, I think are good Patriots fans. It's just because Cowboys and Patriots fans, they're just like battling for the title of America's team. I know that it yeah, we're was, it was we're, we're so annoying. Yeah, it, it can, it can get there. It can get there for sure. But Cowboys um, fans are definitely the worst. I, I say one and two are good. I would move Philadelphia Eagles up to three. I'd keep Buffalo at four and I'd swap somebody out from Chicago at five. I'd probably put, uh, and baby I mean, made a nice comment about, I would move up the Packers because they make a lot of excuses. They do. A and lot of excuses. And they're a team, too, that, uh, you know, every year they're like, oh, it could be our year. We have Aaron Rodgers. It could be our year. This year we can get to the playoffs. We can make some noise. We can make it to the NFC Championship game and to the Super Bowl every single year. So I, And then they complain when they don't get their way. Yep. Um, I, I would say Packers moving up, yes. I would say also... Um, the Steelers can get that way too. Yes, the Steelers can definitely the Steelers get that way. Steelers can get that way. I'm sure the Chargers are getting that way right now as well, especially having Justin Herbert as quarterback. I'm, we're not we're not seeing it as bad right now because he's only been in the league for three seasons, but I'm sure that they'll grow into a top ten <laughs> top ten selection on this list. The Niners are too. Yeah, the Niners complain a lot. Yep, they can as well. Um, but this was a very fascinating list. I saw it and I said, you know what, this is, this is something that, um, I'm sure we could probably next time you come on, we'll talk about this. We'll also talk about quarterbacks as well. Yes. Um, because I think diving deep into that would be good. Um, but putting together our own list of, of top complaining teams, biggest complainers in the NFL. I think that's something that we should probably look at as well. I love Um, but yeah, uh, Kevin, uh, First of all, thanks for coming on the show again. Uh, Thank we, you for having I, I truly me. This appreciate is a blast. you being on. Oh yeah, it's been great. Um, and I'm sure everyone else out there watching has loved it too. Um, and Bailey also said, "Move up the Broncos after two to three years with Russell Wilson." Yes, let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, I think that's going to be. They're going to be complaining a lot about getting rid of Russell Wilson probably at that point. Um, Wesley also said. That's a little bias. If I remember correctly, you said you were in the AFC South trash talk group. I can echo you and say the Titans fans are deserving of being higher as well. Fumble or incomplete, that's not the only thing, just more current. Uh, there are some fans out there, yes. I don't think as a fan base, though, completely, I might have a little bit of bias. But I don't think, uh, for the Titans, though, I don't think as a fan base completely they, they're they're known as complainers. I don't think they are. Every team has their level of complaints. Every team does. Um, I just think the Titans, uh, I don't think they're up there with complaints. That's just me. Um Ann Bailey said she's hungry, so we're hurrying up. Um, <laughs> yes, again, we gotta hurry up. Yes, thanks for um, – and also, Titans fans are actually very nice at their games. <laughs> yes. 
I agree. Um, thanks again for joining us this week. Thank um, you do you have me. any this final thoughts fun. before we go into uh, conference championship games tomorrow? No, I'm just uh, I'm ready for next year. Ready for next year. That, as well. Let's wrap up the Super Bowl. I'm ready for next year. Now I'm excited to watch some good football this weekend. These matchups are fantastic. So uh, yeah, let's go, go Bengals. Who hoists the trophy this year? Go Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's, that's probably a safe guess this year, especially last year, um, getting a second chance at it. I think that they can, they can do it this year. So they're, they're um, just, I always go with the team that's red hot and uh, I don't think there's anyone hotter than the Bengals right now. Yeah. I love Agreed. Joe Burrow. And Bailey agrees as well. Bengals. We got to get All her right, some guys. food. Yeah, we need to get her some food. Thanks again, guys, for watching this week. Once again, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, wherever you get your social media. And also, for Out of Bounds specifically, we are on podcasts. So go on Apple Podcasts, go on Stitcher, go on Spotify, all those locations. Follow us there. Subscribe to us. Thanks once again to Kevin Fitzmaurice for joining us this week. We'll talk to you guys next time. 